Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Colorado Hunting Hub. This podcast is designed to talk about everything hunting in Colorado. Whether you're a new hunter, old timer, or something else, Colorado Hunting Hub will have something for you. I'm your host, Clint Whitley. And let's get started. Welcome to episode five of Colorado Hunting Hub. And this episode, we're moving on from any of the Hunt Planner series and diving into some good stuff. We have our first guest, and it's my coworker, Meredith, who is a non-hunter, a part-time vegetarian, and someone who has a different uh, perspective than probably most of us. Uh, and so it's kind of interesting to hear from her. I don't agree hundred percent with what she, uh, her, uh, ideas are, and she doesn't agree hundred percent with what I have to say. Uh, but that's okay. We have a understanding and an agreement of how to communicate, uh, in an effective way. And she, she's, a, a lifelong learner. And so I, I, this interview went well and it was, it was a, good conversation to have and she stated some things very well and and although she is not in the hunting world silo some of the language is the same and i think that's important to pick out that uh there's some things there that you can't disagree with uh, she's a non-hunter she's not an anti-hunter she's a learner and wants to hear and learn uh new things and hunting to her is one of those new things so this was a, a great interview and uh, I respect her, respect her opinion, and I hope that you can pick something from it. Thanks. Enjoy the listen. Thanks for coming on to my show, Meredith, and you're my first guest on Colorado Hunting Podcast. The reason why I brought you on is because you're a non-hunter that came from one place and ended up in Colorado, and this is, podcast is called Colorado Hunting Hub, so we're focusing on hunting in Colorado. And although you haven't done any hunting yourself and what I've picked up is at times it, is it fair to say that you've not liked the idea of hunting at all? Yeah. And I didn't know a ton about it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. So, uh, quite a bit of the time as hunters and, and any interest group, you can live in your silos and not see outside perspectives, or you just don't care about those perspectives. Uh, so, and a thing as volatile as the hunting industry is, I don't believe that's such a good thing. So that's why I thought let's bring you on and, and hear your story. I think it's kind of a cool story. So if you could just give us a little bit about who you are, uh, where you're from, how you got here. Yeah. 
Thanks for having me, Clint. Um, my name is Meredith. I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan, and moved to Colorado about three years ago. Um, I enjoy being outside, hiking, trail running, exploring new places, hanging out with dogs. And I currently work with Garfield County Outdoors, um, helping manage programs that connect more kids to the outdoors. Cool. So we work together and I've referenced what I do a little bit, but, uh, Meredith's my coworker and we work together for creating some outdoor ed opportunities for our school district. So, uh, what's, uh, totally not related, but what's, uh, the whole Corona work life look like for you? Yeah. I mean, a lot of just staying at home and time on the computer. So, uh, I don't know, getting a little cabin fever, but yesterday I went outside and picked up trash around the neighborhood. So trying to find ways to still keep normalcy, uh, but it's difficult for sure. Nice work. I've noticed, and I've said it over and over again, I swear the uh, e-conferencing and that stuff is total garbage. It doesn't work. I hate it. Okay. I'm trying to get in a big conference with uh, three, four people. So uh, that sucks. Cause you can't really mm -hmm. see that face to face and you're struggling with communication in that way. Cause communication is more than just audio. And that, that's why it would be nice to have you in the room here with me doing this. Cause to have a conversation mm -hmm. over the phone is fine, but you not, you just don't get that authenticity. Um, I'm going to throw some quick questions at you, some trivia questions, just cause I'm curious. Uh, and I didn't tell you about that, but what hunting season is it right now? Uh, turkey. Boom. Nice work. Uh, when is archery elk season in Colorado? Starts in June. Nice try. Uh, when was I gone from work most of the time last oh, year? October. October. Closer. <laughs> November. <laughs> Further away. December. September. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, when is trapping season? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember my bobcat I just caught? When did that happen? Oh, uh, February. Yeah. Nice work. And trapping season is like November to February. So uh, it's pretty nice. big. So good work. Uh, how do you think hunting has, imp uh, sorry, how do you think the coronavirus has impacted the hunting world? Yeah, I can't speak um, to that extremely well, but as everything is impacted, I'm sure it's impacted as well. And just, People who would manage tags are probably pulled in different directions and it's harder to keep that routine given the situation, but I couldn't provide in detail. Oh, of course. Yeah. That was just another little trivia question for you. So just to see oh. what you thought and as an outsider, what, if you think that's not affected at all, but you're absolutely right. Everything is affected. And I've listened to some other podcasts and one of the things other people have said is, oh, we're fine. We have our freezers full of meat and everything's good here. We can go outside. This is not going to affect us at all. But 
there is actual like spring bear seasons that are being canceled. There is um, fishing seasons where you are like a steelhead or salmon fishing in the Pacific Northwest where you're almost standing shoulder to shoulder with people. And though some of those have been canceled, Nebraska Turkey, non-resident Turkey season has been canceled. Uh, we can't access some national parks and state parks in some way. I, I don't know too much about that part, but I know there's some impacts mm -hmm. there. So that's kind of an interesting thing that yeah. didn't really see a month and a half ago, but, mm -hmm. uh, okay. So moving on to, uh, just some of those interview questions I got for you. Uh, going back to your Michigan days, Colorado spring days, walk us through some of your perspectives of hunting. What did you see sure. and how did you perceive it? Yeah. So my family, um, we don't hunt. We're not hunters. We, uh, my family eats meat. I don't, I'm consider myself a part-time vegetarian. Um, and my first experience with hunting or knowing about hunting, um, my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Javis, would always take a whole week off um, every year to go hunting. And to me, I was like, hmm, I think that's a little excessive, but I didn't know any better. Uh, and I didn't realize there was this whole time frame um, with hunting. And then I didn't really think about it after that because it wasn't part of my personal life. Um, and my family has never not gone to the grocery store to get meat. Um, and then I went to college at the University of Michigan. Again, not personally involved, was an environmental studies major. Um, and yeah, it just didn't come part of our conversation. However, uh, when I moved to Colorado uh, and most specifically to the Western Slope, realized that it was much more a part of the culture and a lot of people's passions. And um, my coworker, Clint, uh, he, hunting is very much a part of his identity, I would say, and have just learned a ton from him. Um, so I think it just, my knowledge of hunting and my understanding of it has paralleled my personal involvement, knowing others. Um, yeah. So yeah, Western slope is for sure pretty conservative, um, with plenty of other pockets of everything, but definitely hunting Mecca, uh, Meeker, Colorado is, and Craig, Colorado are known for one of the biggest elk hunting areas in the world. Uh, and so super, super popular in this area. And just so you know, Meredith, uh, just looking at my podcast stats up until, until today, I have more listeners from Michigan than anywhere else. Even, hmm. yeah. So even, uh, Colorado actually finally tied Michigan today. Uh, but nice. lots and lots of Michigan folks and, and in Michigan, the hunting there is huge. It, it just wasn't in your little pocket. There's so many no. hunters and I believe don't quote me on this, but the, I believe Michigan gives out more tags than any other state for deer hunting. Hmm. It, there's a ton of deer hunting. Uh, but anyway, what, hmm. uh, what message back in Michigan, what message were those hunters presenting to you? 
Yeah, I guess I can't really say just because I didn't really interact with any that I knew of. Um, but my general perspective was you just, you do your thing. I do my thing. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of carries on. And as long as my sixth grade teacher could take a week off, he was a happy camper. So, I, um, I remember you saying once about seeing deer hanging in yards or, or, or from trees. And is that something, can we recall that? conversation a little bit do you remember um vaguely vaguely (laughs) i just remember you saying uh man these people are hanging these deer in their trees like just presenting for the world to see and and i remember you just kind of mentioning that and then we kind of talked about the uh uh just maybe there it's it's cooling down it's in that process Wait, I do remember. Actually, yeah, I do. Okay, okay. So I'm from Ann Arbor, but I went to school in Dexter. And every hunting season, they always had the buck pull. Um, so whenever you would drive through our little town, you would just see all these deer just on this pole. And it was just not a happy sight for me to drive by and really just, you know, kind of feeling the Bambi vibe. And yeah, I, I do. I do recall that. Um, and so that that was a yeah. semi disturbing thing to you. So some some hunters yeah. get kind of confident in that we're going to throw what we do all around. So you hear it and you're in the basic hunter ed class. Uh, if you have blood in your clothes, maybe try not to go walking into a restaurant and uh, or a gas station and, and try not to flaunt that. One of the things is try not to uh, throw a this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in western style Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer including men's and women's boots apparel hats bags and more all Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today dead carcass on the top of a vehicle and for the world to see. Uh, and, and there's still, there's plenty of that going on or having a buck pole, <laughs> you know, that's, and, and that's, yeah. that's part of a, a localized culture. Uh, and, and you have those different types of hunting cultures throughout the, the nation. In some areas, some mm-hmm. states, you can actually do deer drives uh, with dogs, dogs can go chasing and you're chasing and then harvesting that way. Other, many other States, that's not legal. Uh, some States having, uh, bait sites is legal. Others are not. Uh, and so there's, and when you, one 
group of hunters sees that they say, oh, that's wrong uh, versus the people that are there say that, no, that's not wrong. That's okay. And so even within the hunting world, you see difference in perspectives and viewpoints. So that just gets mm-hmm. elevated even more with non-hunters and hunters seeing those sorts of things. So it's kind of interesting just to, yeah. to hear, uh, hear that from, from what you saw. So, um, and I guess I have one more thing to add, I guess on my developing perspective and, uh, anyone can disagree with me all they want. Uh, but from my experience with my sixth grade teacher and then other conversations with peers, uh, back in the day, considering hunting a sport. And that always made me wonder about that term because my mind of a sport is two equally matched opposing teams fully aware of the sport that they're getting into. So if it's soccer or football, these teams practice, they commit, they play a game. Uh, whereas hunting it to me, it's not equally matched and that you don't necessarily know that you're being hunted. Uh, so I've always had that ethical quandary in my mind. So that was just another perspective to add. Sure. And you and I have had a, had a lot of side conversations lately about work situations. And one of those is interpretation. How do we interpret word choice and uh, our sentence structure and all those things that we say and how they're interpreted totally different. So yeah, I can see that uh, from one, what your side, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I, I don't, I wouldn't have that same viewpoint, but that's totally fine. That's why I brought you on. Mm-hmm. So, cool. um, have, have you had, uh, and you've said this, but you've had it. Have you had any change in ideas just being around me who is, I haven't counted up my days of hunting in a year, but, uh, it's probably higher than my wife knows about. <laughs> because it maybe one day I didn't go to work and I went shed hunting or I snuck off and Uh went and did a little, little, uh, um, turkey hunting, um, which, yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't know, but Ty and I have gone turkey hunting and elk hunting, uh, and we're going to go do it again. He and I, my two year old (laughs) son, we're going to go sit in the blind one day while mama's off working. But, uh, so anyway, back to the question is what, what ideas have, have changed in your learning process? Anything specific? Sure. I think um, just in the general theme of moving to the Western Slope from Ann Arbor and Colorado Springs, where I've lived previously, just getting more of that learning perspective and appreciation for things that you don't know. And I think prior to working with you and having conversations with you, I never really had a ton of personal conversations about hunting or had any friends who I knew of that were hunters. And I think just being able to learn about it more in a non-pressured way and still being allowed to make my own opinions, I've definitely developed more respect for it. And just understanding of how delicate this, the process is. Um, and even I decided to join a friend on his 
Elkant archery elk hunt, which also was really, really helpful for me to understand more what hunting is all about. Yeah. Let's uh, dive into that. Tell us, tell us a story. You could even the, yeah. even, even the funny stuff. I know there's some funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm always up for learning firsthand about things I don't know. And I had a friend who was going to be archery elk hunting and I kind of asked if I could join and just invited myself. So, uh, he agreed and I was really worried at first and like, what do I wear? What do I pack? Um, then learning that I was pretty unprepared when we did get up to the flat tops wilderness area and started way, way early in the morning at, I don't know, six 30. And I just, he's just like, just don't talk to me. Uh, and I have a really hard time not talking, <laughs> especially on hikes with friends, unless we're like, okay, everybody just be quiet and listen to nature. But I was like, oh shoot, this is going to be a hard long day. And I didn't, he didn't tell me it was going to be this, you know, 12 hour adventure. Actually, it lasted even longer. And I just packed a ton of Cheez-Its, um, water, <laughs> cliff bars, and it, it, it was, you know, if ha- had I not joined him, I probably never would have gotten to that area of the flat tops because normally I go on already created trails. And I really appreciated that just kind of out in nature and not feeling like you were part of human nature, which was really cool. Um, and also just how, you know, you'd be on foot for how many hours and see nothing or just like really dried old elk poop. And you're like, okay. Um, but that whole day process, we probably put in 16 miles, um, took a lot of naps, which I didn't know that was a part of hunting. Um, (laughs) can be. I, yeah, and encountered some grouse, those flying chickens. I've never saw them. They were just always there to scare you. Um, fell over some trees, but I have a hunting scar, so I'm proud of that. Um, and it was just beautiful up there. And when the sun went down and the night sky came out, it was just, it was incredible. I also, however, did not realize that He's, he, he had told me, you know, if you come with me, you got to help me pack it out. And I was like, okay, no problem. Um, and until we got there and started our adventure, I didn't realize that packing it out meant cutting up the potential animal and carrying it on your back. And <laughs> I was like, whew, I don't know if I can do that. Um, so in, in some regard, I'm glad that we weren't successful in that way. But I definitely did get an appreciation for people who put all that time into hunting. Um, can I tell my story about those Alabama people we ran into? Of course. Okay. So I thought this was funny. We hadn't seen any soul that single day. Um, and towards the end of the afternoon, we ran into a couple of people from Alabama who were up in Colorado for six weeks uh, hunting. I was like, dang, where do you work? (laughs) I want that. Anyway, we were talking and I think it was pretty obvious that I had nothing to contribute to the conversation. And my friend was talking about like their bow and the animals. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and uh, at the end, they all 
exchanged hands to at that time when you could still shake people's hands to introduce themselves and like, yeah, good luck with the rest of the day. Um, unbeknownst to me, there was a lovely pothole in the middle of the trail where we were standing. And as soon as I went to greet them and say my name, I just tripped and fell into this hole and, uh, they didn't really say anything to me (laughs) after that, but I just thought, yep, this pretty much epitomizes my first time hunting. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, it's, it depends on where you hunt, but it is very rare for me to stop and like see people close enough to talk to so that that that's a unique situation even even in that um other times depends on where you hunt other times you'll run into people and pass them on the trail many times but all depends on where you hunt so uh why did you want to go on that trip yeah i just wanted to experience it for myself and i think you know growing up where i grew up and having more experiences as I've gotten older, I've very much valued my firsthand experience as opposed to reading about it, learning about it, even just talking to people about it. I just, I really value being able to experience something for myself. And because not knowing a ton about hunting and learning a ton from you, Clint, but wanting to just do it. And my friend was willing to have an amateur and not mind really dumb questions. And I just thought it was a, a perfect opportunity to learn and create more dumb questions. Uh, I don't think there's many people that really would have done that. So, uh, good work. Um, thank you. My, I don't know that my wife quite understands this, uh, as she's preparing for her first turkey hunt, uh, or first hunt ever. And she, when I kind of asked her, can I go buy you a tag? She said, yes, go for it. Uh, And asked her if she wanted to use a shotgun or a bow. And she instantly like, well, she likes shooting her bow and she'll shoot guns. It's fine. But she wants to, she said, I want to use my bow. It just doesn't seem that hard with a shotgun. Um, And that kind of goes back to that level playing field and feeling matched or unmatched. And although, uh, I've watched and seen and heard buddies missing Turkey at five yards with a gun. Uh, there's reasons for that, but, uh, and I know my neighbor's been out. He's haven't barely been home. Uh, he's been out looking for a Turkey and he's using a shotgun and struggling with it. Uh, did you, uh, in any of that hunt, did you kind of, understand some of the how really unmatched a hunter is <laughs> with a six seven eight hundred pound animal that's knows the woods like the back of their hand and and can smell you from a long ways away and uh hear you and uh i, I know you didn't get have any encounters and i really wish you would have had a cool encounter uh, because that's like no other thing i can I can even explain having a giant animal bugling, screaming, yelling, uh, literally pissing all over itself. That's a thing. (laughs) Uh, little fun fact, you know why they, an elk has a long mane? Kind of that. Mm, It wants to be like a lion. It is, it's there to one of the reasons to like, so it can pee on itself and 
it kind of shakes that and rubs it so I can spread its scent all around. So that's, I read that in, yeah, read that in a recent Bugle magazine, but uh, yeah. So that, did you get that sense of, holy smokes, we're in a huge world or a huge area right now and we're never going to see anything? Or did you feel Mm -hmm. that level of the scale kind of tipping back towards the, the animal at all? I, I mean, yes and no. I think my friend was archery hunting and he was saying that he had kind of has to be within like 15 feet or 15 yards. And that's really hard. And because he was, a, um, and you may not know this term, but he was a traditional hunter, right? Like he had a long bow or a recurve. I think he had a recurve. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I interrupted. You said he was, had to be within 15 yards or so. Yeah, like we had to be very close, which was obviously really tricky to be that close and not be noticed. And the um, Alabama hunters we saw had not recurve bows. They were they looked longer and that they could go further. Um, but when I tried the bow, I could barely even get it to release just just with the force that you needed. And I'm not an upper body person. So I realized that struggle. Um, and yeah, I think we were commenting just the fact that we'd seen just a ton of dried poop, uh, and no trace of animals is that they probably knew we were all there or they went to another area long ago, just given their knowledge of the area. Um, but yeah, so I guess yes and no. I think, again, on that sporting comment, when two opposing teams that are equally matched show up at the same field, you know what's at stake. Whereas in hunting, you're going after an animal that's doing their life. So I guess that's a yes and no response. That's fair. And you're you're, you're, uh, totally able to have your opinion on that. And that's fine. Um, Why... Yeah, I'll come back to that question. Uh, is was there something you learned about the natural world while you're out there? Something you saw that you thought was really cool? Yeah, I mean, I loved the night sky, and I don't think I'd ever seen it so beautiful like that ever in my lifetime. Just because there was no other light pollution and. It, it was it was incredible. I also really appreciated not being on those identified trails and that it really wasn't a human-centered environment, but this is what life was before all these humans came. And I learned not to wear leggings. <laughs> <laughs> now that I say that, it just seems really stupid, but um, I'd worn, I didn't have any, like, specific hunting pants or things for that nature. But, um, I had jeans, but I got too hot. So I took them off and then my leggings just were totally ripped up after all the Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know, our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com 
whatever we went through that was like up to our, our uh, chest, basically, that we had to climb through. So it was fun. But then there was some times where I'm like, oh, I don't like getting hit with all these branches all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt more, I guess, more like an animal and less like a human. And that was pretty neat. I've had a hard time explaining to people why I don't like to hike. <laughs> That's a, and, and as an outdoor ed coordinator, people will think I love to camp. I love to hike. I love to do all those things, which don't get me wrong. I do love going out and hiking around, but I do not like hiking on trails, like established trails mm-hmm. where there's been a thousand people look at hanging lake, how many, how much foot traffic that gets. And I so struggle with that. But just recently, I've been able to put that into words as to why. Uh, and that's has to do with my connection to nature and how I connect with being out there and the reason why I'm out there. So when I am on a trail, I, I do not connect. Like I walk by a, a cool rock and like a thousand people have seen that. Great. Uh, I'm not the first one here. And I know even where you were and where I hunt and I walk into Oakbrush, I'm not the first one there but it kind of feels like I am. And Mm -hmm. there's still places that I, plenty of spaces that I know as I'm stepping, I wonder, and I think about it all the time. I wonder the last time somebody stepped right here. I wonder how long ago. I wonder if there was any Native Americans that stepped right here. I wonder if I'm going to find an arrowhead. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I'm going to find, or I'll stumble on an an old, uh, or some bones of some sort. And I always go check them out to see what was it that was here and if it were an antler or something, uh, I know I wasn't, I would have been the only one here in that exact spot back to at least the age of how long that thing's been laying there. So mm-hmm. you're never going to find that really on a, a, a trail where people are always hiking. They're going to pick up right. those antlers. They're going to, there's never going to be an arrowhead sitting on a, a trail like that. There's never going to be those things that a bunch of other people aren't seeing. So that is definitely one of the big reasons why I'm a hunter is that I, mm-hmm. I connect in a different way and I get to see things that I know my family would love to see. And I'd love to share these things, what I've seen with my wife. Uh, but I can't, she has to see it. They have to, these people, my, yeah. they have to see it to really understand it and be able to see how cool something was. Uh, mm-hmm. for example, I was, did a backcountry hunt last year and I woke up in the middle of the night and there's a cow elk mewing at me and uh, making these noises. And that was just kind of a her alert kind of sound. Uh, hearing that, and was like, oh man, there's an elk right there. Uh, that was something I'm not going to get camping at a at Rifle Gap State Park. Uh, mm-hmm. Or I saw my first horned toad up on in this area I was at. Never seen a horned toad in my life. That was, those things are super cool. Or if you ever seen those, uh, what are those lizards called? Kind of in the Western slope here. They're super colorful. What are those? They're they're like, yeah, they're super, they're really cool. Super colorful and whatnot. Um, But uh, almost done here, but I got a couple more questions for you. What does your family think about your experience? Have you shared any of that with them? Yeah. So I'm kind of the black sheep of my family and I tend to do a lot of things that they haven't done. And it's definitely been a great way to expose them through me 
And at first when I told them I was hunting, they were freaking out and they're like, we're orange. Cause that's, you know, the only thing that we really knew. Um, and to share my location and, you know, let them know where I was going. So they, you know, could do something if I were lost or whatnot. Um, but afterwards, you know, when we have like a group family text message and we've communicated about things and there was an article actually from Michigan DNR basically explaining how they need more of an effort in bringing younger people involved in hunting, more women involved, more underrepresented groups in the hunting world to get more involved to, you know, maintain the natural resources there as well as the hunting um, community. And we had gotten into like a little debate via text about that. And I was just sharing more about what I have learned. And my brother usually is the one that will take time to learn from different resources. So I think that they, while they still don't really support it, they're open more to learning more, just like I have been. That's for, for hunters. That's really cool. We, to have that level of understanding and to the listeners, trust, trust me on this, that this kind of relationship Meredith and I have, it goes two ways. There's plenty of things you've shared with me (laughs) in the, it's hunting for, you and it's uh, some social justices issues for me uh, and learning from you on those sorts of things. So it, it, that's gone both ways. Um, so based on kind of what you said, why, and I got a, a thought on this, but why should hunters who are listening to this, why should they care about your uh, perspective? Yeah, I think just so everybody has a better understanding of each other and how to support one another and not be unnecessarily argumentative about certain topics or blame people for being ignorant when their life really never allowed them to learn in a more personal way. I think it's really important to break down stereotypes and break down judgments and, you know, be able to share where you're coming from and also know where they're coming from just for the betterment of everybody. And as well as, you know, protecting what everybody cares about, uh, hunting the environment. Um, but I, I think it's really critical in, in every aspect of life for everyone to understand each other more and get to know that personally rather than through media or articles or stories that have been passed down to you. Well said. Uh, My only addition to that is that you're a voter and you vote for things that impact us. Um, And you will be in November with, with the wolf issue. I don't think I got you completely Mm -hmm. convinced one way, but that, and we're not going to get into that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But we've talked about it and Mm -hmm. we've done some research uh, you've encouraged me to resource research some more. And I think I've encouraged you a little bit to dive into it. So that's something we have to vote on. And I think, uh, if you vote differently than me, great. You're an educated voter. Then you, uh, reached Mm -hmm. out and figured it out and you heard, uh, my opinion on that. So that's something that's coming up. I, I think that's important to add to what you said is if it were a different issue, 
we shared that idea and we have to vote on it instead of just voting how our friends and our family votes. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, are there any parts to hunting besides the sport definition part that uh, you're still struggling with? Um, I think I'd like to learn more about how many tags they allow for people to apply for and kind of the science behind maintaining populations as well as um, just like the, those, those ratio of numbers and how they, how they get to that. And I remember at one point in Michigan, they were trying to kill in Ann Arbor. I think it was around a hundred deer just because that it, there wasn't, they were just exhausting all of these resources. Um, yeah. So I think just more of the science behind that. Um, most hunters don't know that I'm going to just throw that out there. I could be wrong, but there's a lot of hunters that don't fully understand that and yeah it can be a lot of the hunters that walk into the cpw office here and go yelling and screaming at the the desk people um but yeah it's it's the conservation model that um we follow in in the u.s is based on science uh, and so mm-hmm. it's that's that's the north american model concert of conservation is the model that's used and so I think that's a pretty cool thing that that's the next thing you want to learn because I need to learn more on that. Uh, and I don't really track that because tag numbers change in uh, one of the hunting units just east of us here in the Eagle area. Their elk herd is way down. They're struggling with a variety of things and for a variety of reasons. Uh, and they've reduced the tag numbers. Well, instantly now you have, uh, a uh, bunch of hunters that are upset and they struggle to see the why to that. So uh, that's, that's definitely uh, something to to dive into. I'm sure Uh, I would, I would totally do that, but um, what's next for besides that last thing you just said, what are you going to do next with this nudge? And and Meredith's moving on to another position, or she's going on to grad school right now uh, in July, or starting school in the fall. Uh, so you'll be over in mm-hmm. the Fort Collins area, uh, and you're going to be around two different people. Uh, and what's next mm-hmm. for you with this hunting thing, or nothing yeah, at all? Yeah, I think. <laughs> Sure. Um, I think with hunting and, and all things that I've learned that, you know, my opinions have changed on is looking for those opportunities to share what I know and share that in any conversation that um, there's always an opportunity to learn. And I think, you know, when I moved to Fort Collins, as well as, you know, conversations with friends or family, basically just encouraging people to learn firsthand for themselves. Um, and if there's another opportunity that someone is open to me going on their hunt, I'll gladly take that. Um, and I guess uh, encouraging others to invite new people on their hunt. I know it's definitely much more difficult, but that's the only way for others to learn where you're coming from. Uh, that's a pretty big thing you just said. 
<laughs> That's a very big thing and a very important thing. And even though you are not in the hunting circle, as in you're you're not, you haven't heard, you don't, you're learning the lingo, but you're not hearing the conversations that are between hunters. That is such a huge part of what hunters say to each other. Take someone out, take someone mm-hmm. out, take a new hunter. Uh, so that's pretty powerful that you just said that, uh, as some, one of those persons, um, one of the things that I appreciate about you, Meredith, is that you are a unique learner and you can tell that you're a lifelong learner and it's very important for all of us to, uh, uh, to have that mindset and not get stuck in one particular, uh, viewpoint. So, um, for all of us as hunters as well, there's changing things coming in, in our world. And, uh, to be an old crank probably isn't the, the appropriate approach to, to be having, or it's just not productive. Uh, you can, you can have your viewpoints, but sometimes having a little bit more fluid, uh, or open to discussion and, and ideas probably a little bit better. I've heard, I've heard some, some stats around, who make the best scientists and the best scientists are the young ones because the old ones come up with their thesis in college and spend their lifetime defending it. Whereas a new sci- young scientist comes up with these ideas and is molding and, and growing. So some of those newer scientists are producing some of the best content. So just a little something I've heard and I thought I've stuck with that. I thought it was really neat. Um, Meredith, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Hope that listeners enjoyed and hearing a, a non-hunter's perspective because that's not something you hear every day because usually we're stuck in our silos. So mm-hmm. uh, thank yeah. you for that. Totally. Thank you for having me. It's And I've learned so much from you and really appreciate it. And um, yeah, just, just appreciate that ongoing learning and sharing that we, we both have. So thank you. All righty. Well, we'll talk to you later. Once again, if you have any comments, questions, I would love to hear from you. Or just tell me you're listening and I need some work. Give me some feedback, something. Uh, send me an email. Send me a message. Uh, email is clint.a.whitley at gmail.com. That's C-L-I-N-T dot a dot w h i t l e y at gmail.com instagram is cl underscore whitley facebook group page is colorado hunting hub um send me a review on itunes that'd be great Uh, preferably a five star because that helps the algorithms Uh, but let me know your thoughts send me something have i done anything for you Uh, so far i've done quite a bit of different things. Uh, the three episodes are about the same. This last one was a great interview. I got more of that diversity to come. So let me know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. And uh, let's start uh, that communication because otherwise it's not going to get better unless I hear from you. Thanks. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.